I'm grateful you have taken time to study God's Word with us. It's my hope that you will be strengthened and encouraged as we explore His truths together. Today on Drawing Near, Peter praises God for a new birth that results in a hope, an inheritance, and a salvation. His readers are experiencing serious challenges to their faith, and they needed the encouragement and instruction contained in this letter. And so do we. So take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 and join me for A Living Hope. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace and mercy that brings us to this day. Every new day is a gift of your grace and is filled with your tender mercies. We thank you for the richness of our lives through faith in Jesus Christ. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to seek the leadership of your Holy Spirit so that we may walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Help us to keep our eyes on your Spirit and your truths rather than on the circumstances in the world around us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5, through 5, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter launches his letter with a praise to God. This word blessed means God is praiseworthy, that we are to be praising him. There are two Greek words that are often translated blessed. One means to be happy. In other words, we are blessed, we are made happy when we read the book of Revelation or when we do what God says. This word that's translated blessed means worthy of praise. So essentially, Peter is saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is a -a one-of-a-kind person in history. He is God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And he is man. He was born of a virgin. He walked this earth. He called God his Father. He is the only begotten of the Father. He was tempted with sin. James tells us, God cannot be tempted with sin. Jesus Christ is God and man. He was hungry. He wept. He bled. He died. Some passages in the New Testament emphasize the deity or the godness of Jesus Christ. Peter here is emphasizing the humanity of Jesus Christ. The Jesus who walked on this earth made God known to us, worshiped God, submitted to God, prayed to him, pleased him, and served him. And here Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, pointing out that our God is the God of Jesus, and our Heavenly Father is the Father of Jesus as well. And he tells us in verse 1, It is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who is praiseworthy, because according to his abundant mercy, 
He has begotten us again to a living hope. One of the many reasons God is praiseworthy is because he has begotten us again. Now, when Peter says us, he's talking about all Christians, all those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has given us new birth. He has borne us again, begotten us again. We do not do this ourselves. It is God who has begotten us. And he has done this according to his abundant mercy. It is the mercy of God that drives him to redeem lost humanity, to make himself known, to make his desire for our salvation, our redemption known. It is because God is merciful that he desires to forgive our sin. Mercy drives the grace of God. It is because of God's abundant mercy that he offers us those things that we do not deserve. When he looks on us in mercy, pities us, has compassion toward us, that results in his gracious, benevolent actions toward lost and fallen humanity. So it is according to his abundant mercy that the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ has begotten us again, has given us new birth that results in a hope, an inheritance, and a salvation that are described for us in verses 3 through 5. But we must see that he has given us this new birth that results in a hope and an inheritance and salvation through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if Christ be not raised, our faith is vain. Our being born again and receiving these rich and precious blessings from God is intimately tied with the fact that Jesus Christ did not remain in the grave. He died on the cross to pay for our sin. Then he resurrected to life again from the dead. And because Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead, we who were once dead in our sins and trespasses have received new life, have been born again by the grace of God and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are told in Romans, that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Our new birth and the resulting benefits are intimately tied to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has begotten us again to a living hope. Jesus was dead because of our sin, and he lives again. We were dead in sins and trespasses, and we live again. And that results in a hope that is alive as well. It's a living hope. It's a hope in the promises of God that are manifested in eternity, in the future. This hope must be contrasted with the hopelessness of the lost person. Before faith in Jesus Christ, we were hopeless. We were lost in darkness. But through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our faith in Jesus Christ, we now have a living hope. And that hope is to help us to transcend above our present circumstances. This living hope is focused on an inheritance and a salvation. In verse 4, we're told, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away, 
reserved in heaven for you. This inheritance is eternal life. God has promised to those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that we will inherit eternal life and all that goes with it. This inheritance is described as incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away. You contrast that with the things of this world. The things of this world are corruptible. They are destructible. They are unclean and morally impure. They are defiled, and they do fade away. They are touched by the ravages of time. Yet, the promise we have from God is that our inheritance in heaven is incorruptible. In other words, indestructible. It cannot rot or perish. It is undefiled. It is morally pure, clean, and it is unfading. It does not fade away. Time cannot touch it. And then the future aspect of this living hope is emphasized in the last phrase of verse 4, reserved in heaven for you. Our inheritance is ahead of us in heaven, and it is God who has reserved it in heaven for us. The one who has given us new life, who has borne us again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is the one who has reserved in heaven for us this inheritance. And notice what God has done. He has begotten us again, verse 3, and then in verse 5, he has kept us. It says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. God not only saves us, God not only gives us new birth, but he keeps us. But we need to know this. He keeps us by his power through faith. This idea of grace through faith, or God's power through faith, is the idea that we can't just intellectually believe in God. We can't simply just pray a prayer and have a momentary faith and be saved. It's a faith that endures. It's a faith that survives the perils and the tests of this life. It's a faith that shows our allegiance to Jesus Christ. So we are kept by the power of God through a genuine faith, an enduring faith. And we are kept for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The salvation is ready to be revealed, and it will be revealed in the last time. In that day and time when Jesus Christ returns and he defeats all of his enemies and claims lordship over all things, at that point in time, our salvation will be revealed. We will see clearly and fully all that God has provided for us through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will take possession of it. So can I read it again? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you for your abundant mercy, which has resulted in our salvation. I thank you that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have received new life because of your grace and the enduring faith that we put in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for your work of mercy and grace 
that gives us the gift of faith. And I thank you for your keeping power. It's incomprehensible to imagine such a living hope, an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away. It's difficult to comprehend what this salvation is truly going to look like, and yet you have promised it to us, and it is our living hope. Help us, Father, to hope in your precious promises rather than to look at our current circumstances. We need that strength so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.